Thisbe had to stop. She had to quit obsessing about Clay and Jerome and college and ride her bike down to Glorietta Bay, where she always felt better, where she had researched and written The Effect of Pleasure Boating on the Mid-Intertidal Zone, the best paper Ms. Barron had ever seen from a high school student. She should stare into the murky water until she saw the rippling edges of a stingray as it fluttered its way along the rocks. That was a reliable thrill. Wild animal, you, chance. Contact with an alien world. She changed into shorts and found her notebook, but she couldn't help it. She lay back down. She knew what she should have done, but she couldn't go back to February and do it. That was the problem. Take, for instance, the morning the doorbell rang. A Saturday, bright and beautiful. She'd still been asleep, which was why she hadn't answered the door right away. She'd called out several times in a not very patient voice, Could someone please answer the door? No one had answered her, and the bell rang again. The sofas were empty when she huffed herself out of bed and down the stairs. Sections of the New York Times flung over the kitchen island, coffee cups drained, a single pancake dry at the edges on a sticky plate. Finally, she remembered her sister Ted's regatta in Alamitos Bay. That was where everyone had gone. She opened the front door, and there it was, a fortune cookie on a paper plate, not in a wrapper, but under plastic wrap like when you made cookies yourself and gave them to somebody. When she pulled the plastic off, the cookie smelled of almonds. She scanned the giant hedge between her house and Mrs. J's. Nobody there. The green boss magnolia trees. Nobody. Nothing but lawns, parked cars, and flickering sun. A gift or a prank? She didn't want someone to drive by and see her in her pajamas, so she bent down, careful not to show cleavage, grabbed the plate, and paused. It might be one of those things she heard about all the time but had never personally experienced. Proposal bombs. No, it was some made-up word. Promposals. Like when the guys from the water polo team had painted one letter per bare chest to spell P-R-O-M to ask Emily Jenks to go with... Was it Bruce Greckenthaler? Thisbe forgot which guy, but maybe this was like that and the cookie could be for Ted. That was a depressing thought. Ted was only 14, and guys hit on her all the time. On Valentine's Day, Mike Rounderman had left roses for her, red ones, and he was a junior. Thisbe wanted the fortune cookie to be from Jerome. But that was crazy. Jerome didn't like her. If he did, he would have smiled back at Thisbe in the quad and picked her to be in his small group when Mr. Shaw had asked for volunteers to take the pro-Shylock side. Thisbe stood there holding the plate. Should she set it back down or take it inside? Say something ironic to the empty street? No, that would be dumb. It was normal to take the plate inside, even if it wasn't for her. She shut the door behind her, and then spied through the peephole in case someone made a run for it. But no one did. 
The fortune was actually sticking out, just a bit, and the seam of the cookie was pretty wide. Thisbe could push the fortune back in if it was meant for Ted, and who could blame her for looking anyway? The plate had no name on it. She tugged, and the paper slipped free. Trust me, Thisbe, it said. Thisbe, not Ted. The good feeling started small and flared to every corner of the room. It had to be Jerome, because who else would even be worried about whether she trusted him? Two nights earlier, he had come over to study. They had stood together right here, on this very rug. She'd felt bad because of the way the night had ended, with him thinking she thought he was a stoner when she didn't. She'd smiled at him in the quad the next day, and he hadn't smiled. Or maybe he hadn't seen her? Trust me. She'd had no conversations with other guys, only Jerome. On the back, under lucky numbers, it said 25, 29, 66. The date for prom? Not unless she was going to the prom in the 25th month of 1966. Maybe they were just random numbers. They probably didn't mean anything at all. Awesome, she thought. She took pride in never saying the word, but she thought it now. Because really, it was awesome. Jerome Betchman, who was more interesting than Mike Rounderman on every level, was one, romantic, two, creative, three, not mad at her. He'd gone to a lot of trouble to show her that. 